Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're into the Sermon on the Mount, and we are particularly looking at a section in chapter 5 where Jesus is addressing current thinking and his time that the Pharisees were espousing, and he's adding a commentary to that about what it should be like in the, for the kingdom, for people, God's people as a part of God's kingdom. And to be very honest with you, the first two topics were pretty easy to discuss. The first two topics were with reference to hate and murder, and then the issue of lust and adultery. Now we come to the third topic, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I love preaching, but my, my weakness, my tendency is, is I don't like to deal with topics that could be controversial. And so the third topic today is the issue of divorce. And why, why, why are you hesitating, George? Well, because the reality is, I don't know of a family around that's not touched by that. We live in a world where divorce is prevalent. And, 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 and for the church to talk about divorce and for a pastor to talk about divorce in light of years of what I would call misunderstanding and a lack of grace on the part of church concerning people who have been divorced or misunderstanding concerning the issue of remarriage. You know, you've got so many different things that are going on. You've got a culture that says one thing. You've got a church that's mixed in its opinion. And it's like, wow, do I really want to talk about this? Because the reality is, I'll just be flat out honest with you, someone once said, and and, and I agree with this statement, although I've not experienced that personally, I've met so many people who have, and some of you have, that divorce, unlike death, is a living death. Because you experience it daily. And and that's reality. It's not like death when a loved one dies. You know, you you still mourn their loss, but with divorce, it's like a continual death that goes on. And so it's really a difficult thing to talk about. But I want us to look together. It's only two verses. I want you to first of all realize that Jesus is making a general reference to divorce here. He's not giving specific teaching at this point in the gospel. That's going to come in chapter 19. But he's going to be talking in general terms about the issue of divorce. And so you and I need to recognize that. So let's look at these two verses together. We're going to be looking at verses 31 and 32. But before we look at it, let me just give you some thoughts concerning the struggle that we have with this issue. When it comes to divorce, and the issue of divorce, and you being a believer, and knowing how to respond to it, there are two things that come to my mind that I want you to consider. Number one is this. When it comes to divorce, we want simple answers. You know, we, 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 we want to live in the world that's black and white. 
We want to live in a world that where this is what it says, and this is what it doesn't say, and this is what I should do, and this is what I should not do. And we want simple answers. Do you understand what I'm saying? We want simple answers. And the reality of that was, I guess, introduced to me about 22 years ago. I was in South Carolina, and I was facing my ordination council. I was being ordained to be a pastor. And and I was sitting at the table with other pastors who were examining me concerning my calling, my call to ministry, my salvation testimony, and my doctrine, and my view of ministry in general. And the question came, so George, can you explain to us what your view on divorce and remarriage is? And so I presented to them as a young pastor a very conservative view of divorce and remarriage. And and so when you're in, I'll be honest with you, I I was sweating that day. It was a three-hour examination. And, And as I was sitting there, I was bracing myself for what all these older pastors would say to me. And to be honest with you, I was shocked. One of them spoke up, and, and everybody agreed with what he said. They, and, and he said, George, that is a good answer. That is a good answer, but what you're going to find is that life's not black and white. And you're going to be faced with this topic many more times, and you're not, not going to know how to answer that. What was he saying to me? And the other pastors agreed. There are no simple answers. When it comes to divorce, we want simple answers. We just want to, just tell me what to do. But there are no simple answers. Here's the second thing. Convenience drives our values concerning marriage. Convenience drives our values concerning marriage. What does that have to do with divorce, George? I mean, we're talking about divorce here. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. How you view marriage will determine what you think about divorce. Did you understand what I'm saying? How you view marriage and the bond of marriage and the commitments made in marriage will determine your view of divorce, period. Because if, if divorce is, is, is the ace up the sleeve, I'm, I'm entering into this, I love you, we make vows together, but if the road gets rocky... If, if, if things don't go the way I want them to go, then I'm slipping out my get out of jail free card. And that's how we view divorce is like a get out of jail free card, isn't it? When you play Monopoly. But the reality is, is what you don't know is remember what I told you divorce is like a living death? You're not actually getting out of jail. You're entering into another jail. It's like you're transferring from the problems of that thing into another situation. And that's the struggle for us. And that's why, to be very honest with you, I really rather not speak about it. But to be honest with you, I have to. Because that's my, that's my task as a pastor is to open God's word to you and tell you what it is saying, what it's not saying. So let's look together. Let's look at these verses. I had you turn there. We were going to read them until I gave you those thoughts. Look with me what he says. Remember, he's 
talking about what is being said with reference to the Pharisees. He said, furthermore, it's been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. What we're going to do here, folks, is we're going to take these two verses. These are two powerful verses, and we're going to look at them. We're going to consider them this morning concerning this issue of divorce. But what I want to do is, is I want to divide it into two sections. I want to, first of all, talk about what he did not say. Because so oftentimes we read these verses and, and a lot of times you'll, you might have even heard a preacher say this or, or, or heard a Christian author or a Christian psychologist say that you need to do this and, and they'll, they'll use this text as a reference. But the reality is, is there are certain things that Jesus is not saying in this passage and I'm going to try to help you to understand the context of the group that he's speaking to to help you to understand. So we're going to look at that first. And then what we're going to see is the issue of a sacred bond. What is Jesus focusing on here? What is the purpose of what he's speaking about? That's what we're going to talk about. So let me explain to you a little bit about the culture so that you understand. In Jesus' day, basically, and I think it's interesting that he enters into this topic right after he talks about the issue of adultery. Okay? Because there's a connection here. And obviously when you read the text, there is a connection. But in Jesus' day, they basically had gotten to the point in their society where it was basically a no-fault divorce situation. You could divorce anybody for any reason, period. Now, but the problem is this, just so you understand, it's not like our culture today. The only one who could divorce in a Jewish context was the male divorcing his wife. The wife could not divorce her husband. She didn't have that right. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was a patriarchal system where the husband basically could do whatever he wanted to do. And so if the, and, and basically there were two lines of thinking, okay? Two lines of thinking concerning the issue of divorce. Two schools of thought. One school of thought was is you could divorce him for whatever reason, period. And the other school of thought was is you could only d- divorce them for sexual immorality for adultery. The the issue was is that if there was something displeasing about the wife, you could divorce her. And in Jewish culture, originally in Moses' time, the only two reasons why during Moses' time they would divorce is, number one, the woman could not have a child, or number two, the issue of adultery. So that's the context and what would happen is this, so you understand, what would happen is this, is that they would, the husband would give his wife basically a legal document saying you're divorced, a certificate, saying you're free, I release you, we're no longer married. We'll talk more about the implications of that a little bit later on as we get into what he's not saying here. First of all, let me just say this, what is he not saying here? Number one, he did not say 
that adultery requires divorce. Some people read this passage. Look at what he says there, verse 31. Uh, verse 32, but I say to you, whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. What is he saying here? The whole point of what he's saying here is he's not saying, as some would take it, that as soon as a, in a marriage where somebody is unfaithful, somebody is, is committing sexual immorality, that that is grounds and should, that person should just dump him and get out of that circumstance and they should get a divorce. That's not what he's saying here. He's not saying that if adultery is present in that relationship, you should get a divorce. You need to understand that. He's not saying that at all. Understand that. Comprehend that. Here's the second thing he's saying. Not saying. He did not say that remarriage is not valid. He did not say that remarriage is not valid. I need you to understand something. Here's what that certificate said. When that husband would give his wife a certificate of divorce, we know this because we have documents from that time period and we have the teaching of the rabbis from that time period. The document always would say, you are free to the wife to marry who you want to marry. It was always that way in that culture. You say, well, what if it didn't say that? Well, then here's what I'm going to explain to you. Then it wasn't a divorce. What do you mean, George? Well, because in their culture, you just don't release a woman on her own because if you release a woman on her own without the ability to remarry, you're basically signing her death warrant. Because nobody would be there to take care of her. What do you mean, George? Well, think about how the widows were treated back then. They were the least of society. The widows and the orphans. Why? Because they had no one, no one to what? Take care of them. And so in a situation of divorce, all of the documents, even all of the rabbinical teaching of that time, said that they needed to be free to what? Remarry. So Jesus is not saying that remarriage is not value. He's just saying when it shouldn't happen. When it shouldn't happen. He's not saying it's not valid. And what happens today is, is so many centuries later, when we want to have a hard case against divorce, we can make statements that say, well, you shouldn't get remarried. You shouldn't get remarried. But that's not what the text is saying. Let's say what the text is saying. Here, here's the third thing that he's not saying here. And you need to grasp this one. He did not say that divorce and remarriage are unpardonable sins. Let me say that again. I want everybody to comprehend it because to be very flat out honest with you, as a church, we've communicated otherwise. He did not say that divorce and remarriage are unpardonable sins. What, what's an unpardonable sin? Well, an unpardonable sin, for those of you who don't understand, is a concept in which you do something that God can't forgive you for. 
Did you hear what I'm saying? You do something that God can't forgive you for. Folks, the only thing in the Bible that talks about you being unpardonable is unbelief. That is blaspheming the Holy Spirit that he did not do the works that were done through Jesus. That's unbelief. That's the only sin that's unpardonable. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you have somebody who is divorced, so oftentimes in the church, and how many remember when church was like that? If you had a divorced person, they were kind of like the, they were kind of like an alien. They were like from another land, a non-citizen. You sit in the back. We just want you to give your money and take up a seat, but you can't be involved in anything in church. Isn't that what we did? Oh, we're glad you're here. And be sure to give when the offering comes. But you can't do anything else. Folks, Jesus is not saying that it's unpardonable here. So when we talk about the issue of divorce, let's not get distracted by those things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when, when we talk about the issue of divorce, those things can lead to a distraction here. But we don't want to be distracted from what Jesus is really saying. We don't want to be distracted by all of that. We want to talk about what is he really saying here in these verses. So let's look at it again. Verse 32, just one verse. And what's he trying to say here? Verse 32, but I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Let me just continue on here. Notice the word there is sexual immorality. Uh, it's from the word, the Greek word that we get porno, pornea. It means any form of sexual activity outside of the bonds of marriage. It's not just talking about the issue of adultery. So let's see what he's saying here. First of all, what I want you to see here is that Jesus conveys a high view of marriage and a low view of divorce. If we look at this verse, if we focus out for a moment on this verse before we dig into the verse, I want you to understand what's going on here. Remember I told you there were two schools of thinking. There was the one school of thinking, the very liberal school of thinking, that said that divorce could happen for any reason. If your wife displeased you in any way, you could divorce her. You burnt my eggs this morning. I'm tired of you burning my eggs. We're done. That was the school of thinking. The other school of thinking was the more conservative school of thinking that said it could only be for adultery. Now here comes Jesus... And he gives a general statement about divorce. Which view does he take? The view he takes is actually more conservative than the conservative view. He takes the conservative view and he actually stretches it out. He doesn't say adultery. He says pornea. In the Greek it means there sexual immorality, all sex outside of the bonds of marriage, period. So he's actually giving, to be honest with you, a, a stricter view here. Why? Because Jesus is the grace guy, right? Why? 
because of this, as we pan out, I want you to see this. He has a high view of marriage and a low view of divorce. Did you understand what I'm saying? He has a high view of marriage and a low view of divorce. You and I need to grasp that. When it comes to God, because he's the one who created marriage in the first place, right? In the beginning, he created them what? Man and woman? To be joined together? To become one? He has a high view of marriage. And of course, he's going to have what? A low view of divorce. Period. That's the first thing I want you to see there. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Divorce creates or leads to adultery. Now let me explain what I'm saying there. Divorce creates or leads to adultery. In fact, as I was studying this, I was kind of blown away because it was like I saw something that I'd never seen before. And I looked after commentary after commentary. What in the world is going on here? What, what is, and every one of the commentaries said the same thing. Jesus is saying here, let's look at the word verse, and, and I'll go through this, that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. Who's he talking about here? He's talking about the person, the innocent person, who is divorcing the unfaithful spouse and or the spouse that he's putting away for whatever reason. This verse is addressed to the innocent party. So let's stop for a moment. It's addressed to the innocent party. You may want to put that down somewhere. And what he's saying is, is that if you divorce a person... For any other reason, you are creating a scenario for the spouse that you are divorcing from to become an adulteress or an adulterer. Did you understand what I'm saying? You're creating a place for them to lead a life of adultery. And that includes, let me just stop for a moment, that includes even if they have been sexually unfaithful. Divorce leads to many other things, and it's not the easy option. Now notice something. He's putting that burden on who? The guy, or excuse me, the gal. In their circumstance, it's the gal. In our circumstance, it could be guy or gal, the one who commits adultery. Who's he putting it on? It's not putting it on the one who's quote, being divorced for whatever reason, he's putting it on the person who's initiating the divorce. That blew my mind. Which brings me to the to the last point here I want you to see, which is what we need to understand. The innocent spouse shares the blame for the consequences. Whoa. You know, Jordan, I don't know that I agree with you, George. 
I, I don't I don't know that I mean, that, that is what you just said is so radical I've never seen that before I've never heard any preacher talk about it because when we talk about divorce we're like hammering the people who did wrong here whoa don't you understand George the person who's innocent hey I'm just as shocked as you are but read what it says. It doesn't say anything else there than what it says. Let's read it together. Take your Bibles, read it with me, look at what it's saying, look at who it's addressed to. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any other reason except sexual immorality causes her, causes that woman to commit adultery. I am causing a person to commit adultery. I own responsibility there. Did you understand what I'm saying? The innocent spouse shares the blame of the consequences. So wait a minute, George. What's the point here? Remember, he's talking about a heart issue here. Remember, this is what we call heart issue divorce. That's the title, right? What's the point then, George? The point is this. There are no easy answers. And in every circumstance, in every situation, as painful as it might be, both parties need to strive for God to fix it. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because again, he's not saying, well, this is it. You did this. We're done. No, 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 no. You, you just can't drop it that quick. Jesus isn't letting you off the hook. See, that's what we want to do is we want to be let off the hook, don't we? When it comes to this issue, we want to say, oh, look, it's black and white. I'm okay. No, 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 you don't understand. I mean, I just threw a monkey wrench at you guys today. Actually, Jesus threw the monkey wrench. He threw it at me when I studied this. He's throwing it at you now. Why? Because he's got a high view of marriage and a low view of divorce. Did you understand what I'm saying? It shouldn't be that easy. We make it easy. We, in fact, we, isn't that the counsel? Even Christian people get, well, you just need to dump them. I wouldn't put up with that. Leave this underwear hanging around like that. Seriously. I mean, you're not his mama. Get rid of them. Folks. He's challenging our hearts. He's challenging our hearts about marriage. He's challenging our hearts about being so quick to do what? Divorce. Did you understand what I'm saying? Now, I mean, remember now, we're in a general statement here in chapter 5. Chapter 19, he gets into a more complex discussion of the issue. But the reality is, I would want you to see, if you come away with anything today, is don't be too quick. You're both responsible for your marriage. 
And you both got to do what it takes to make it happen. And Jesus wants us to have what? A high view of marriage and a low view of divorce. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.